On episode 32 of Miked Up Pod, I bring in a good friend, Rafi Garbushian. Of course, he is a social media guru. If you go back to episode 14, him and my brother-in-law, Bobby, they spoke about how to kind of blow up your social media. On this episode, we talked about TikTok and how the app was supposed to disappear on that Saturday, this last Saturday, once President Trump announced that he was going to basically eliminate the app because he had the power to do so. So I got the ins and the outs about the app TikTok with Rafi because he knows the ins and the outs about that, about Instagram, Facebook, everything else that has to do with digital marketing and social media, all platforms across the board. It's funny with Rafi is when you're with him, you're not just talking about one subject, you're, you're not going to get off by doing that. It's not going to be a 25, 30-minute conversation. And I love him for that because we spoke on the most natural conversation I've, I've had in a while. And we just spoke about things and just stuff. And we got into real estate and uh, an open house that he went to, to see. He, he just recently got married. And it was right in between the pandemic when the courts were closed so he couldn't get married. He described to us how that happened, how that went down when he had to, to drive to Vegas to get married. It's a great story. We got into some politics. I didn't want to get into it, but we did. He forced me into it. And then we talked about the stock market as well and a few other things. It was really a lot of fun. So here you go. So the latest with TikTok, Friday night, there was a word from President Trump that TikTok was going to go away. He was going to axe the entire app. I figured Saturday morning I was going to wake up and the app was going to be gone. I woke up Saturday. I forgot about the app. Then I f- remembered about the app in the afternoon sometime. I'm like, wait, wait a second. Isn't TikTok supposed to be gone? Clicked it. It was still active. What the hell's the latest? The whole story, Mike, a reporter asked him about it on Air Force One or as he's getting on Air Force One, something along those lines. And he makes like an offhanded comment. I don't like it. I don't like this deal. The rumor was that Microsoft was trying to acquire the U.S. operations of TikTok. That was the big story. Look, look at this crazy series of events. In the morning, I, I, I'll go to Bloomberg. That was the big story, feature story, Microsoft trying to acquire TikTok. Reporter asked a follow-up question that evening to Trump, and he goes, yeah, I don't like that deal. No one talked to me about it. I'm going to ban him tomorrow. And and he goes, I'm going to do it through an executive order because I can. I have that authority. And then he goes on the plane. This, like, I'm sure Trump is doing important presidential stuff, and I'm sure he's obviously not scrolling on TikTok, but the chaos he created, every news outlet picked that up, and did a feature emergency Friday night story about it. It became the biggest story. It went viral. Every person who's ever had an account on TikTok went live that Friday night. I had plans. I was going to hang out with my wife. I'm standing there in my bathroom with a big box of Legos and trying to just get as many fans over to, to Instagram as I and, and and for reference, I have now a hundred over hundreds of thousands of followers on TikTok and 150 followers on Instagram. That's mm. I, I basically, I put all my eggs in the TikTok basket and it was probably not a wise move well, on my part. And it seems like the way TikTok runs though, it's a lot easier to blow up, right? I mean, in October when yeah. you were here on the show, that was episode 14, you had 16,000 followers on TikTok. I remember you telling me, 
this is the new thing. You better jump on this bandwagon. Everybody else, jump on this bandwagon. This is the easiest way to blow up. 16,000 followers. Fast forward nine months, 272,000 followers now you have. How did you do it? What's What were, what were the keys of blowing up on that on that app? So my, my background is social media. Uh, professionally, I've, I've been in the field for about 11 years now. I used to run the social media for the Motor Trend Network accounts. So professionally, I've grown about 20 million uh, followers across 10 brands. And that's I- independent of all the other brands that I've been, uh, you know, I've done campaigns for, Motor Trend, Hot Rod. I was not directly responsible for those brands. I, I was responsible for the Mustang and Chevy brands. So I have the experience and, and, and the knowledge to know how to make an account go viral, the type of content that, that resonates, uh, the, the posting style, the kind of uh, way to optimize the post. But to be honest, Mike, I just had fun with it. I there was no, I don't treat it like a business. I don't, I don't follow any best best practices. If I don't post every day, I literally post when I felt like it about content that's anywhere from me cooking to going to auto shows to Legos. Like there's no rhyme or reason to my account. It's not really a brand. And just by having fun with it, it was able to grow to two hundred seventy two thousand. And uh, I did catch some big breaks along the way. One of my videos was ranked number two in the world for hashtag Lego, and that was a complete accident. I went to the LA Auto Show excited to see the Mach-E Mustang. I used to be the social media editor for Muscle Mustang and Fast Forwards, uh, along with some other Mustang magazines, so I was genuinely excited to see that car. I go to the LA Auto Show, I, I borrowed a press pass, and I run I run to, to like I'm running, and on my way there, uh, you went to the LA Auto Show, Mike, we, we we ran into each other to the left at the entrance. You see a Lego Bugatti Chiron and I just stopped and I was like, ah, okay, fine. And I took a 30 second video of it, posted it, just running as fast as I can to the Mach-E. And then I, 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 you know, do some videos around the Mach-E, didn't think much of it. Then a few days go by Mach-E video has 500,000 views, which is insane to me, but the Lego one's still growing and growing and growing. And then all of a sudden it just, blows up overnight and it went from 500,000 to a million to 2 million to 3 million to 5 million and I think today it has 13.2 million views on that one uh on one on that one TikTok video complex reposted it on their Instagram a couple other big name accounts posted it and and it just yeah it just completely took off like that and then that was I I still till today make the argument that TikTok is the best way for you to get famous or build a following if you don't have one, second being LinkedIn. Isn't it funny how some of those posts that you do, like generally speaking, the ones that you think aren't going to do anything, and you're like, you just throw it up there, and you're like, yeah. And then an, a day later, you're like, holy shit, this thing blew up. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, 30, literally 30 seconds, Not I didn't do a double take or triple take. I just did it in one go, 30 seconds, didn't even think anything of it. I did it just because I was like, ah, cool, Lego car, and then went on with my day. And and yeah, the, every video I've ever done on TikTok that I put time and energy on it, really, really like putting time into editing it, getting everything right, honed in, falls flat on its face. All the ones I do in 30 seconds, the, the one we did in episode 14, I had a video that went viral, a million views when I had 12 or 13 followers, something like that. 
you don't even see my wife's face. It was like us sneaking Chick-fil-A into a movie theater. It was literally in the parking lot. And, and yeah, you're right. You just you don't even think twice about it. But that's like half the fun of it too, though. Is is yeah. pe- people like that, and they they sense it. They they know you're not trying too hard. But there's something different about that app. Um, should I talk about it as a past tense, by the way, or is this thing still alive? It's still alive. Let's okay. uh, you know. There's so, no final nail in the coffin. So uh, so the thing with that app, I feel like the algorithm works differently than the others because i feel like the stuff that you like then comes up more often with similar posts is that is that proper am i right so mike i'm gonna i'm gonna nerd out a little bit Mm -hmm. on uh, the way these i i figured out these algorithms a long time ago and obviously they changed uh literally day to day week to week they change but instagram used to be you might like something your mom sees what you like your 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 friends see what you like so if enough people like the post just by sheer volume of brute force, that post would go viral. That's one. Two, if a big enough account, if, if I, and I'm so stupid not to do this, I should have just gone to car shows, hopped on Motor Trend's Instagram account, and liked my own content. All my stuff would have gone viral because that's how the algorithm worked eight, nine, ten years ago. I, I never did. I, obviously, I have 200 followers on, on Instagram. So you had the ability and then what happened? Uh, Zuckerberg monetized it, and he started throttling the reach more and more, and it became harder and harder for you to go viral on those apps. And now you almost have to have word of mouth to go viral. You literally have to. Don't get me wrong; it still pays. It's still worth investing in, but you're going to see a far better better ROI if you pay to promote your content than you will get anything organically. You could pay influencers to give you shout-outs, or you could pay the app directly and do paid promotional content. But gone are the days of just getting a big account to just give you a shout-out and you blow up overnight, on, at least on, uh, on Instagram and, and Facebook. I, Mike, we would see like 1% engagement rate on, on 2, 3 million following pages. I mean, think about how, how depressing that is. You have that big of an audience and 99% don't even see your content. That You're talking Instagram and Facebook, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Whereas, so, so on TikTok, how is that different though? How was TikTok set up differently? It's the great uh, equalizer. My account with 23 likes was able to get a million views. And uh, think of it like, a, like an atomic bomb. It is the best analogy I could come up with. Atomic bomb starts off with two... Uh, one atom splitting in half, causing a chain reaction, another chain reaction, and it just morphs into all that energy being released. That's exactly what they've done with TikTok. You get one video and it guaranteed gets sent out to about 10 people to 50 people based on their reaction. If they watch the whole thing and there's a whole criteria of what uh, the criteria is for, for what's going to uh, unlock the next level of the chain reaction. But it's essentially, are they watching the whole thing? Are they liking your post? Are they sending it to people, sharing it? Are they commenting on it? How many times did they watch it? All of these things have different weights to it. And then uh, based on the people's reaction who, like your test sample, if they engage with it, then it gets sent out to 100 people, then 200 people, then 500 people, then 1,000, then 10,000, then 50,000, and so on until you get to millions and millions of views. It's phenomenal. And I, I have... 200 what do we say 72,000 followers and some some of my posts get you know five ten thousand views because they just didn't have the engagement 
but you never know what's going to go viral. But it also helps having that uh, authority of a large following because if someone clicks on your account, they're more likely to follow you. Growing your following becomes easier. So you're saying initially when your post gets out and you post something on TikTok and it doesn't do well and it flops, more than likely it's going to flop as a post? Yes. So more than likely, yes. However, my biggest post... So to answer your question, yes, you'll know right away how it's how it's going to be received by the audience. However, these past few updates, I have noticed this delayed explosion in uh, rolling it out. Meaning, if it doesn't go viral right away, hmm. your post is not dead. Uh, just give it time, be patient, and actually ignore it. That's the best way you can do it. If you get comments, comment on it, reply, but don't obsessively check it. It'll ruin your life. Just let it go, and you'll notice that, oh, what was 100 views initially is now at 1,000 or 10,000 over the course of a week. So they slow roll it, but the algorithm is still sound where it, it does test audiences, it sees how your post is doing, and it sends it out to more people. So back to the app itself, it sounds like maybe a reporter asked him about the app, it being maybe a, a spy app with China. It's a it's a China it's a Chinese app, right? And yeah. it sounds like a reporter kind of took his uh, answer out of context. Is that would that be right? Would that be accurate? So you have two options here, and I don't know what the answer is, but you have literally two scenarios. Trump sees. Microsoft, an American company trying to acquire this company, and maybe he has internal reports that it's not going, uh, you know, Microsoft's way. So he tries to throw the American government behind an American company and force ByteDance, the Chinese parent company that owns this, their hand and says, sell or we'll ban you. A lot of uh, TikTok's users are in America, so it would be a huge financial blow to them. That's option number one. Uh, option number two is that Facebook, it's no secret that Facebook Zuckerberg is friends with Trump. He's been politically lenient towards Trump's political posts. He's not as uh, uh, critical as uh, uh, Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, has been. He's not a critic of Trump. He doesn't uh, put, put posts on Trump's, like he doesn't put little uh, notes next to Trump's posts that say, we verified this, it's false. He doesn't do anything like that as far as I know. So you could make the argument that Trump likes Facebook and wants to help Facebook retain their market share. So that's why he sees this as a threat to an American company, quote unquote, and wants to ban TikTok as a result of that. So is it A, a very shrewd business calculation, or B, is it just a political favor for a company that's sort of helping him politically? I don't know the answer, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be completely neutral in this. What, what do you think, Mike? What's your take on it? I don't know. It? That makes a lot of sense, though, I'll tell you. I think the whole Microsoft thing does make a lot of sense. I think that is where he's kind of starting to lean, too. I think he'd like it to be an American-ran uh, company rather than a Chinese-ran company. And when they mention it being a spy app, you think that's right? You think it's a spy app for China? So I've... Mike, ask me if I would work at, at TikTok. I would say yes. I, I'd get a job at TikTok. I, I, I think I think it's a Chinese company with an American office to it. If you ask my professional opinion, that's what I think. I saw somebody today talk about 
them being able to see everything that you've done in the hist- in your history, like on okay. your phone. Let's, Is that let's, let's dive into that. So Facebook, until now, Facebook, Google, it's no secret that they're tracking us. This is not tinfoil conspiracy stuff. I've spent millions of dollars on Facebook doing targeted ad campaigns, and I spend, you know, oftentimes days tweaking that target demographic, going back and forth with clients and, and literally having meetings about what kind of target demographic do we want, what, how, what are their age, their locations. We've run for one campaign, we've done literally 20, 30 different paid posts, each one targeting a different group of people. And how are you able to target these people because of the API collecting the data uh, about you, your age, where you are, your location, your income. It guesstimates you know, what your interests are based on websites you visit that have Facebook installed on them. You're basically, your, your information and all your internet activity is being vacuumed by Google, by Facebook, and then being sold to advertisers who then use it to target you. What TikTok has done is Facebook was previously, Facebook and Google were the were the benchmark for who collects the most data. Well, TikTok raised the bar even higher. So can you call that spyware? I mean, I guess in theory you can, but I it, it's not, it shouldn't be a secret that these companies that are offering you something for free are collecting all of this data to then turn around and then advertise to you. That's just the business model that we're living in today. So you're saying that all the other apps and browsers already know about us, track us, and know everything Correct. we do. But the difference now is I think there's paranoia because it's a different country now that knows about well, what we're doing rather than your own country, right? Yes. And uh, typically, I so I've, I've lived in China for, uh, for a month. And not only just lived in it, I traveled. I, I went from one side of China to the other. I While I was working there, I, uh, I spent weekends traveling literally to the great wall by myself just to just because i was i asked people you know how far away is it and and it wasn't too far so i i took the time to travel and get, and get to know what it's like i met people from uh, different companies and basically if you're a chinese company and an american or just foreign forget american a foreign company wants to do business in china the government forces that company B- bmw for example they want to sell bmws in china well bmw you have to partner with a Chinese automotive company, make a joint venture, and now your company can do business in uh, China. So China has a very heavy-handed hand in forcing companies to do business with Chinese companies if they want to unlock the market share. You being on TikTok now, having a quarter million plus followers, are you hesitant at all to just delete the app because... You're you're scared about them tracking you. Yeah, I, I I'm not I'm not uh I'm not scared at all about uh, them tracking me. I don't think that the Chinese government cares what I'm doing. Maybe if I had a security clearance, I would argue that you shouldn't have any social media on your on because you read the you read the fine print in a Google or Facebook or uh, or TikTok. It says they could turn on the camera at any time. They could turn on the microphone at any time. I I'm sure we've all felt it where you're talking about diapers, diaper, 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 and then all of a sudden you're getting ads for diapers. I've asked Facebook uh, in a meeting with with uh, product managers at Facebook, I've asked them outright, do you guys do that? And they laugh and they're like, oh yeah, you, we get that a lot, but no, we don't do that. I don't believe them. I really do think that Facebook, A, reads our text messages. And Mike, if you talk to me about a barbecue sauce for a week, 
we're both going to start getting that barbecue sauce in uh, in ads come up on our Facebook. And and B, I do think that they listen to us uh, on what we say in the microphone and then service ads accordingly. I can't so wait to get I, the barbecue sauce ads and the diaper <laughs> ads and forward them to you tomorrow or even tonight. Dude, I can't wait for that. Listen, oh, Roth, it, listen to me. I, I There's yeah. stuff that I just think about. You're going to think I'm crazy, but I think no, I, about it. I don't tell anybody about it, dude. I think about it. And I get an I get an ad the the following day. Well, Mike, did you know that it takes seven times of seeing an ad before you consciously make the decision to mm. to go and look up that product? Did Did you know that that's a they've studied this? It's seven times, mm. which means that six times you'll see it. Not even bad an eye. Subconsciously, he hasn't even registered yet. The seventh time, you're like, oh, Frank's hot sauce. What's that? Let me go look that up. So I think deep down. We're thinking about it because we've been primed. We've seen it five times. I mean, how often do you pay attention to what you've seen and you're scrolling past? I, I can't tell you what I've seen. How many total users just, does TikTok have? I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, 33. So here, I Googled it. And according to this, it's saying uh, it says 33 million. But it, that sounds really, really low. I feel like it's. It's way higher than that. Yeah, I feel like so, it is too. And I, what I, about what about all those creeps who are on there who look forward to like the 14-year-old skimpy girls dancing around? I, I think oh, – let me ask you this because I feel bad for those guys. I mean they probably live for those girls. I, I don't feel bad for them. <laughs> but if you, if you had a daughter, would you allow her to be on that app? No, absolutely not. And uh, I've actually advised uh, cousins of mine with kids not to let their kids – go on specifically TikTok or uh, or other social media. And, and look, I recommend they don't do it. Obviously, everyone's their own you know, person. They can make their own decisions. I just recommend that they don't. And if you're a listener on this, I, I suggest you don't let your kids on it. And there's, uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you a few reasons why, Mike. Number one, they're triggered. They're basically hijacking the reward dopamine uh, system in, in people's minds and so these are th- this they're creating a highly addictive that triggers dopamine releases every time you see a viral piece of content and then what they do is they purposely uh, stagger those viral pieces of content out so that you keep scrolling past ads until you get the next dopamine rush there's a reason why facebook keeps showing you the same pieces of content that you already saw in the morning because they know you'll keep scrolling past it and every seventh scroll is an ad They'll keep scrolling past it until you get the next viral content and you'll get that dopamine hit. Yeah, but so, how's that how's that different from Instagram? I wouldn't I would recommend you don't let your kids use Instagram either or Twitter or Facebook. So you're saying Just any of those any of those social media platforms, them. take get them off. The, God, get good them luck off. with that, it's, man. It's, I, I believe me, I know. And then YouTube too. I you, it's just I think it's not a good idea to let your kids get that much screen time, let alone you don't know what they're seeing. That And that's my argument. The biggest argument I, I make is that I'm not worried of, of them interacting with uh, Joel Creek because my cousins, uh, I mean, the youngest ones, they don't really even know how to, you know, they don't know how to read or write yet. They're barely learning how to do that stuff. So I'm talking to their five. They're not going to be texting people, but you can't control what they're seeing. It's completely random what gets served to them. So there's there's sexual content on there. There's skimpy girls in bathing suits. They're not all 15, Mike. There's like 25-year-olds 
wearing just a bikini and a thong. I mean, do you want your 10 year old seeing that all day long? That's probably not healthy for him. Yeah, I would, uh, I would a hundred percent agree with you. It's, you know, it's a society thing too, because these, look, yeah. if, if you're going to try to tell your daughter to not get on an app because, or even your son, I mean, I, I don't think it's good for any, anybody at any gender at, at that age. But if you're going to tell them not to, and then all of their friends have it, that's a hard thing to sell to a kid to not get on those apps. Well, what did they tell us when we were growing up, Mike? If, uh, if Allison jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? What too? the hell did that, we that, have? What what did we have back then? Like Pictionary and I don't. I, uh, I remember my. I had my. We had MySpace. I, I would. I think. I think I was out of high school when I was in my. I didn't have. We didn't have shit. What did we have? Yeah, you're right. But we did. Well, I wanted a Nintendo 64 growing up, we and I like, didn't get one. We had like walkie talkies, dude. That's true. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> us right now, yeah. that age? With all of these things, how about Tinder and Bumble I, and all these dating apps? And are you, dude? Oh, I mean, it's unbelievable what these kids have I, at their fingertips. And like you said, it jacks you up, man. It's like oh, crack. Yeah. It's cocaine, and they want that it's, instant high at all times. And what they're doing is they're putting pictures up and videos up, and they're doing it for their followers. Think about it. You're you're you want followers and when you're following somebody you're not leading right you're following them to see their content so what they do is when they're putting up content they're doing it for somebody else not themselves because they're putting it up to get more likes and followers so unfortunately they're not doing it for themselves they're doing it for their following base that is just you're right ugly and mike let me uh that's a trap that uh, a lot of content creators fall into they post about poetry their coffee all that stuff but then they realize a selfie a skimpy you know uh revealing something they might be wearing revealing that day so happened you know innocently enough they posted a picture and then they notice that gets more attention than than Mm than average i mean think about it a regular post gets 10 likes and all of a sudden this one gets 120 that's that's huge Mm -hmm. i mean to the average person so what does it do it reinforces the bad behavior and then next thing you know, you're in a trap where you have to, you know how many content creators I talk to, they're, they're professional models now or Instagram models, and they don't, they want to pivot. They're like, I want to talk about hockey or I want to, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I can't because my audience is 85% male and they don't like any of the stuff that I'm posting. That's not related to, you know, modeling or fitness or, or what those people came to, to see. And to them, I always tell them the same thing. I say, just start a new page. Funnel your fans to that page that are interested in whatever hobby you want to talk about and filter them out. You know, it's hard. Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle has the perfect analogy for this. He had two seasons of the Chappelle show. They offered him $50 million, but they wanted to clean up his show, tell him notes, all that stuff. You know what? He walked away. He walked away and he went to Africa and they tried to ruin his career and they couldn't do it. And in the later interview, they asked him, they're like, Dave, how did you do that? How did you walk away? And Dave said a story about a monkey. He said, do you know how they uh, hunt for monkeys? They put salt in a cage, a big rock of salt. The monkey grabs the salt, licks it, but it's too big to pull out of the cage. So the monkey will sit there grabbing the salt and it'll hold it in its hand and it will refuse to drop it and walk away. It'll be trapped. The monkey is imprisoning himself because its instinct is to grab onto what it has and it will not let go. If you have a million followers and you're not happy, I, I argue you're, you, you are that monkey imprisoning yourself. You walk away. 
the I I, I grew my following to two hundred and seventy two thousand. There's no rhyme or reason to what I'm doing. It's only now that I'm starting to figure out the the type of content I want to do. It's going to be cars. It's going to be Legos, and it's going to be Lego cars. That's it. And that's just because I could figure out a way to monetize that and through affiliate marketing. But I do not post things that I personally don't care about. I, I, I refuse to. And I urge and implore everyone to do the same thing unless it's your job and you treat it as such. So you're saying to post stuff that you're passionate about, that you know about, and, it's, and it comes off natural. Yes, yeah. it, 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 exactly. Just like you, what, what you and I talked about, the, the most fun podcasts are the ones that are just a conversation. For sure. What's up with you and the Legos? I, you know what? I've always liked Legos. I, I used to like them growing up, and I just never really had time to, to sit and play with them. And, uh, hey, if hmm. 13, million, 13 million people were willing to watch my video about a Lego you know, Bugatti Chevron, you know what if works. I make... An, yeah. yeah, hey, I, I have a Lego affiliate. Uh, I, I, I signed up for Lego affiliate. I get now a commission. And uh, I'm gonna just start making content. I'm gonna make a YouTube channel. I'm gonna I'm, a, I'm gonna call it One O'clock on YouTube. I'll make it kids friendly. My cousins follow me on TikTok. They're like eight, nine. So I try to keep my content clean. I know there's a younger demographic out there. So I'm for if you you know you're a parent, you want some wholesome content of uh, me building Legos. Subscribe to my channel. That's fun. And, uh, that's fun o'clock, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, did, I, did you have you made any money on TikTok yet? Uh, I, I think, yeah, some people have paid me to do some posts, like a hundred bucks here and there, but nothing too spectacular. Uh, nothing like I have on Instagram or, or uh, Facebook, anything like that. You mentioned funneling your followers to a different platform. Yeah. You're trying to do that now with Instagram because you feel like TikTok is going to slowly go away. Or are well, you doing it, it just to, you know, build the Instagram platform as well? Well, Mike, it's not a fun feeling when you have plans on a Friday night and then you hear that <laughs> Donald Trump threatens to ban the app. So it, it, it is the best practice to, to spread out across all the various channels. I just never really treated this like a job. I just treated it as a fun hobby that kind of grew out of control. So I'm, I'm, I made a Instagram fun the number zero clock. Uh, I made a YouTube channel and I'm just slowly starting to send fans there. So do you think TikTok is going away? Potentially. If uh, they don't strike a deal in 45 days, then uh, Trump said whether he will follow through or not, he seems to be really hell bent on it that he's going to ban them. And Mike, one, one more thing I want to say. I gave you two options on why Trump did what he did. There's a third one that I forgot to mention. There was an entire viral marketing campaign on Twitter, uh, on TikTok, where kids, preteens, all these people got together and signed up for Trump's rally in, I think, Tulsa, Oklahoma, was it? Or essentially a Trump rally. And supposedly there was going to be hundreds, hundred thousand people there. And then all of them turned out to be the people who registered to attend his rally turned out to be people from TikTok who just did it to troll Trump and didn't show up, obviously. So he had an empty rally and he had egg on his face. So then the, the third theory is that this is retaliation for that. These people humiliated Trump this early on in the election. And who knows what that could, it could happen again. It could happen on a bigger scale. So there's another theory that 
this is a preemptive strike on Trump's that Trump is taking. Mike, what's your what's your take on it? What what social media are you uh, are you liking? What trends are you seeing? I don't want to get political. I, I I'm again I'm just trying to report what what's happening and the the I don't understand why Trump would wake up and say what he's saying. So I'm literally trying to make sense of it. Well, I feel like he, he because, always has he oh like everything he says there's there's something behind it, you know? Right? Always. But why, yeah. why why would he do this? Well, because he's saying look, the trade it's, deal. but it's China, right? He thought he had a deal in place with them. The virus he thinks was started by them that came from them. So this is his way of doing things. This is his, this is his, you know, this is how he negotiates sometimes. What, what's your take on it, Mike? Do you think that this is to get them back to the table that, oh, you know, it starts with TikTok, but what else can we, you know, what else, what else can we do? Do you think this is to try to get them to renegotiate or come back to the table on the trade deal? Because mm. I'll preface that by saying they had a phase one trade deal in place and China has not bought the amount of American uh, farm goods that they promised they would. So that's currently where we're at. And it, it's it's definitely soured the deal. I, I, I would say so. Yeah. You know, I read when this pandemic happened that in that trade deal, in the trade deal, it said if there was a pandemic, then they can axe the trade deal. Within, really? Yeah, within like the first month or something. So even more of a, a case that, you know, it was maybe done on purpose or whatever. So again, man, we there's so much behind closed doors that we have no no clue about. And he just, this is, this is just kind of the way he operates, you know? Like when he throws something out there, there's 10 other things that are behind it. And there's reasons why he's talking about, you know, certain things. And this is just one of them. I don't think this TikTok has anything to do with the trade deal. I think it's just him. You know, I, look, man, there's probably a lot of pedoph- pedophilia that are that's happening too with that app. Who the hell knows with all that, those little girls that are out dancing around. Who knows, you know, what kind of guys are messaging them and stuff like that. I think it's, I think like, but I, you made a really good point. Part of the app that is uh, a spyware app, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But like you said, there's a lot of other apps that are spyware apps and we know our our phones everybody knows where we are at all times, you know, because yeah. we have this phone in our pocket wherever we go. So you're right about that. And Mike, I, I, I wanna I wanna add to that too that I don't want people to think that I'm bullying Trump in any like I, I'm trying to make this as neutral as possible and then maybe I should say that Biden, uh the Democratic runner He's also taken a stance of he doesn't want or I think he made a directive. He doesn't want anyone in his campaign to download TikTok on, on their app. So then clearly on both sides, Republican and Democrat, they're taking the cautious approach to this app. So, it, it, you know, maybe I think you are right that maybe they know something we don't. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably something behind it, man. Who knows? Um, but like you said, I have nothing to hide. You have nothing to yeah. hide. We're not some like, you know, big big wig guys that have uh, broken rules and we're worried about the FBI coming to our door and then going on our TikTok and finding out everything we've done or whatever, right? Yeah. So not, not I, I also think it's a broken model too, Mike, that uh, this whole data collection, collecting everything you can, I, I, I think, A, it's going to get TikTok in trouble because there's, in, in at least the EU, there's a lot of strict regulation on, on the data of minors, and uh, I, I think it's eventually going to blow up in their face. I think it would behoove them to restrict it to 18 and older. I don't want to see kids when I go on an app. I just want to see cars 
Legos and maybe cool cars and, and Dan Bilzerian once in a while. Uh, that's what I want. That's how my TikTok is, is tailored. But so I, I again, I think that they're walking on eggshells with that, with, with, with allowing that on their app. And, and as you said, there's a lot of creeps on there, too. But yeah, like, like I said originally, if, if I was a parent, I wouldn't let my kid on any of these apps. And uh, what do you do if they say that, well, my friends are on it? I don't know. And especially now when everyone's locked up in their home, too, because that's probably the only way they're going to talk to their friends. So it, it's a real catch-22, man. Talking about kids, man, I, I wish you a lot of luck in that department in terms of when you <laughs> guys are lucky enough and blessed enough to have some children, uh, you having that conversation with your son or daughter and telling them that oh, they are not allowed to be on any social media platform. Uh, when do you think that you're going to give your child a cell phone? At what age? Hey, it's Mike. I hope you're enjoying this podcast episode with my friend Rafi Garbushian. You know, we were talking about this the other day, and he essentially told me, why don't you just tell your listeners to tell two people about your show and to kind of help you build a show? So that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm here for. I'm asking you if you're able to just tell two of your friends about my show. And hopefully that'll help the cause and help build my show. So just forward the link to them or send it to them on Instagram or Spotify or Apple or wherever they listen to their podcasts. Let's go back to my conversation with Roth. Oh man, Mike, 16, 17, maybe. I mean, that's when I got one. There is no way, Roth, that that is going to happen. There's no way. Mike, I, I got a cell phone when I was 17 and yeah, then you know what again, I did? I gave it I gave it back to them. I was like, hey, everyone who wants to, like my friends are already with me when they're out. The only people trying to contact me is my parents. So I'm like, what's the point? Here you go. You can have the phone back. I don't need it. <laughs> but my friends have phones. <laughs> my favorite was but Snake. You, was Snake on yeah. those old phones. That was the best. But listen, man, I don't think that's happening. You know, 16, okay, yeah. let's say that's 16 years from now. You know what technology is going to be like? You know how, I mean, things might be a little bit frightening too 16 years from now in terms of, who knows, man, pedophilia and people stealing children. And I mean, the worst case, at least you're tracking your child with the, you know, find my phone app or whatever. At worst case, you know? So back to my question though, it's like if when the kid has a cell phone at most likely 12, 13 years old, maybe 14 years old, the first thing they're going to do is want to go on social media platforms. And how do you have that conversation with them and tell them no, because especially if it's a female, they're going to want to rebel against you and do probably everything that uh, you tell them to do the, the opposite. So it's like, how do you have that conversation with that kid, man? There's, there's a quote by Plato and I'm not smart enough to, to have it memorized, but essentially it was, you want to, you want to build a good next generation, you control the content they consume. That was essentially the quote of it. Mm -hmm. Back then, they did that through tablets and reading and stuff. I I think that that was, there's some merit to that line of thinking. You know what I mean? If, uh, I mean, Ralph, between between the ages of like 13 to 25, what do you think the percentage is of those kids that aren't on social media? It's definitely, well, I mean, Mike, how many of your friends aren't on social media right now? That, I, that I, are I, not. I count a handful. Yeah, that, that are, are not. not. Uh, I don't. I think they're all on social media, at That's, least on I, a I can platform. Think of three, three or four people at most that I know out of hundreds of people that are not on social media. Yeah. So My it's like it's almost less than 
It's like almost yeah. less than one for, for say less than five percent of people. Okay, you make a good point, Mike. It's unavoidable. So I guess like driving, you you, you can't keep driving away from your kids. So you got to have a sit down talk with them. Don't drink and drive. Here's the real ramification: you could kill someone if you drink and drive. Uh, be responsible. There's repercussions to your actions. You try to instill these values, fears, uh, consequences into your kids. You do that for driving. You should definitely treat cell phone and uh, and and social media and and in the same. Put it on the same level. I as hear driving. you. I hear you. But you know, you know what? Yeah. Go ahead. They, they could. It's a very, very important lesson to to instill in kids that everything they do is there forever from here on out. It's not going away. The genie's out of the bottle. They could seriously tarnish their reputation before they even know what a reputation is. So you know what I mean? You know, and the other part of it is this, is that there is serious amount of bullying in high school and elementary. So what's going to happen is when your son or daughter isn't on social media and Everybody else is. There's the hundred kids, but that one kid is not. Your kid has well, to make sure that when they get bullied because they're not on social media, and they're they're calling that one kid a loser. That it doesn't turn into something more serious than that. Well, studies show that women, like girls, I'll say, because we're talking preteens here, are more predispositioned to social bullying and online bullying. And in fact, the studies show that that girls, young girls, commit suicide at a far higher rate than than the young boys. It's definitely a problem. It's it's something the teachers aren't going to be aware of. The parents, I doubt, will be aware of it. So I, I encourage people to have that open dialogue with your kids if they're incur- if they're encountering something like this. I guess to, to I haven't answered your question, Mike, because it's a really it's a good question. So to answer your question. I guess I would want to keep it away from them, but you're right. That's that's crazy talk. So I would encourage them. I, I'd educate them. I would encourage them that my door's always open. Uh, you could talk to me. You you want my advice on what to post? You know, I'm here for you. I would definitely follow them to make sure they're not doing dumb shit. And so then I would are, also try so, to. So you are allowing them to be on then, right? I it's guess like, I, I would. It's have like you have to. no choice, have, right? Yeah. You have no choice. You're right, Mike. It, it, See what I, I did right there, Ruff? I was the fa- I was the kid, and you were the yeah. father. And look what I, look what yeah. just happened. You just but allowed you, me you to get what? on my social media. Thanks, Dad. But, but you know what, son? Uh, <laughs> 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 I I would wait till you're like 15, 16. I I would. I, <laughs> I, I, you know, high school, at least high school, you know what? Like, there's no reason for 10 year olds to be on social media. There isn't. It, you, what, what can you have? Gosh, who it's, knows I, what I, app I, is going to be out by then, man? Mike, I think by the time we're 10, 15 years into the future, I think Spotify is going to be as big as Amazon. And I think that Facebook's going to be as big as Amazon because I think Facebook, uh, I had coworkers that went to Oculus. It was a VR company, it was like a startup. It then got acquired by Facebook, and they haven't done much with it. And I think it's going to be an everyday thing. At, wait until Apple gets into the VR space. Yeah. Digital marketing and social media as we know it, glued to your phone and glued to your computer, is going to be a thing of the past. It's going to be like a fully immersive virtual reality, or it's going to be augmented reality where you're wearing glasses and you pass mic by and I'll see your social media automatically pop up on my screen. Mike's Mike's got three out of five stars because someone left a bad, you know, person Yelp review. 
for you, Gosh, you, that dude. person's a Jesus. Trump supporter. That person likes Biden. I think all of this is going to be out there. And I, I think it's going to be like a weird dystopian world that's dystopian to us and completely normal to the next generation. Hmm. I, what do you think, Mike? God, I hope not, man. I hope not. Me too, man. Yeah, Me this, too. The, the, the human interaction, I feel like it's kind of being set up right now with this virus in terms of it going away. You know, they're, they're locking yeah. you in and, and they think, I think people are going to be really antisocial. I think things are going to just be different, man. And man, we're in California. I think it's the worst of it here because there's, yeah. I don't know how much realness are in people anymore. And in California, I think it's, uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard to find, it's hard to find real good people. But listen, back to the marriage thing, you went to an open house prior to, well, I don't know, a couple hours ago. How yeah. did that go? What'd you, what'd you, what'd you look at? Mike, we're not... I mean, we're just starting. I just got married uh, in this literally the the day I was supposed to get married. Actually, I'll I'll, I'll tell you this story. I don't know if my wife will appreciate it, but it, it's still a funny story. February, you know, we're, we 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 go to get our uh, uh, courthouse appointment to to make it official. I convince her to cancel her health insurance and in, in the end of February. I cancel it. You're going to be on my health insurance. You don't need health insurance. Why are you going to pay an extra month's premium? We go to the courthouse or, or the clerk's office, and then uh, she's like, all right, I have March 10th, and I have March 17th. And my wife is a very responsible adult. She looks at me, and she's like – she knows what I'm thinking. My I'm like, let's do March 17th. We'll wear green. We'll make a day of it. It'll always – you know what I mean? It'll be a St. Patrick's Day wedding like out of a storybook. And she's like oh, such a sweetheart. She goes, okay, fine. And she goes with it. Fast forward this pandemic happens and March 16th the county clerk's office calls me and says we're shutting we've been ordered to shut down we can't do any weddings it's it's completely closed until further notice I'm scrambling I, I get a cold sweat in my in my gut and it I I my mom actually suggested it she was why don't you just go to Vegas elope I leave work immediately tell my wife she I'm, I'm gonna pick her up as soon as the, she's off from work I convinced her to leave half an hour early and we immediately went to Vegas. We rolled into Vegas 11:15 and and Vegas you could get a hamburger just as easily as you could get married. Vegas is <laughs> I like thank God for Vegas. So 11:15 we go we get uh we get our certificate and then literally 5 minutes down the road we 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 get married. Her sister's there, my best friend is there. They they walk us down the aisle. And, uh, now, at and, this and point, Nevada married. wasn't closed yet, right? Was it talks of the, being closed? The day, the next day, Nevada closed their, everything oh, down. The next gosh. day, Mike, that's how close we came. And uh, it, like, oh, that would have been bad. Not having health insurance in a pandemic because <laughs> I wanted to wear green. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that is hilarious. So they had the 10th and the 17th. And then between there, the whole world changed and just because your ass wanted to wear green green that is yeah. great but it's just because i'm like yeah hey, we'll have a funny story sure. out of it you know and it, i think we got our maybe it was january maybe it was february we, but we made the appointment ahead of time is what i'm saying we, we had no idea this was going to happen but i i i but but we did know that there was going to be a lapse in our coverage i'm just like ah you know we'll just stay home that two weeks so what about the open house so, okay, fast forward, we're married and we're trying to plan what to do next. We do an open house. 
And, uh, and it was our first open house, Southern California. I mean, Mike, we're not, we don't have much. We have so, like, we have some savings. We're, we're trying to look around. We saw this old house in February, March on top of the hills in, in Burbank. It's beautiful view. You can see all the way to downtown. You can see the intercontinental. And we're just like, all right, you know what? This is a dream. We're, this will be gone by next week. Fast forward last weekend, we drive, we walk by again. Same thing. The house is still there. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do an open house. Let's see. Why hasn't this house sold? Mike, we look piece of shit, piece of shit. This, the lady bought the house in 1994 for uh, $250,000. She lived in it until now, like 26 years. She's lived in it. 250,000. She's asking for $1.2 million. And she's like, I'm not willing to budge a dollar on this. And we're looking like it's a huge house, huge lot. It needs a new roof. There's literally walls inside of her house that's completely falling apart. Windows are blown out. Nothing's been renovated whatsoever since the day she moved in. It's bad. And she's like, I'm not willing to budge a cent off this. And that's why it hasn't sold in, in like five months. When was it listed? So when did it get listed? She said she said tomorrow will be the six month mark of her realtor putting it out on the market. And she's like, I'm going to, I think I need to find a new realtor. And my wife like looked at me in Armenian and she goes, uh, in Armenian, she goes, yeah, the realtor is going to be the, like the thing that fixes it. Right. And right. we just, yeah. How, how big is the home? What, what's the square footage of the home? Actually, Mike, I think I got the brochure right here. It's a, uh, here, I'll tell you. It was built in 1927. Hmm. It's got, uh, it's got $628 a square foot. It's 6,220 square foot lot. But it's 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 just so old and has had no upgrades done to it whatsoever. The roof is caving in, the gutters are caving in. Does it does it tell you how California. big the, does it tell you how big the home is or no? I don't I don't see it. No. Hmm. It's a decent I, I will say it's a decent size. It says three bed it's a three bedroom, two and a half bath, uh one thousand nine hundred square foot there you uh, go. home. Oh my god. And the lot size is a pretty big one too. Square feet. Oh my god. Nineteen hundred square feet. Two five million. <laughs> and welcome to California. To that is ridiculous. Well, and and what I, is what's her story? Is she leaving town or what? Yeah, she's like, I'm in no rush to sell. And like again, my wife and I looked at each other and we're like, Yeah, it's not like and then the realtor like jumped in real quick and she's like, Yeah, it's not like you have a lot of people knocking on your door. And mm. she's like, Well, you know, the coronavirus and mm. uh Again, the realtor jumped in and she's like, well, I've been selling houses left and right. The market's really picked up. I was going to say uh, the market is on fire Fire. right now. Fire. Yeah. So, Mike, speaking of that, we were like, which way is this going to go? People are scared to list their houses because of the uncertainty. And then other people want out of the city. So whatever limited housing that's on the market right now is getting multiple offers and they won't even show my wife and I a home, some mm-hmm, of them, mm-hmm. without getting pre-qualified. They're just like, no, it's a waste of time. Someone's going to bid on it before you even get your your, your loan qualified. I got to tell you, I, I pay attention to some real estate here and there. I enjoy the real estate market a lot. And once this pandemic hit, I said, holy crap, now it's time for me to take advantage of some real estate. I did not expect this to happen at all, Roth, at all. I figured wow. everything is going to drop. 
Think about all yeah. the people who own 20 houses, 15 houses, and they Airbnb them because nobody's going to Airbnbs. Yeah, you nobody's going to rent. Nobody's going to rent your Airbnb, so I can't take care of my mortgage, right? I can't afford my mortgage anymore, so I have to foreclose on some homes, uh short short sale some homes, I have to sell some homes just to get out of them because I can't take care of my mortgage. None of that yeah. has happened. None of that, especially Zero. out here. It's just out of control. And when things are go when things are going up, they're gone. And if they're yeah. priced right, they're in a good neighborhood, they are gone in 14, 16, 18 days, gone. It's unbelievable. Okay, Mike, you touched up on, on a great point. And then also there's the real estate millionaires who buy a house. They put minimum down payment on it. They put a tenant in there. They, uh, after a year or two, pull equity out, buy a second house, same process, rinse, repeat, and they build a portfolio of 10 or 20 rental properties. Well, those people aren't able to pay rent now. Then then you have the, the eviction mor- moratoriums in place. So not only can they not pay rent, they can't evict anyone either. I was expecting rental properties to start hitting the market too. Nothing happened. Yep. Nothing. I know. And I know. So, Mike, let me ask you this. Do you think that it's now a dollar crisis because I, I never in my lifetime have I seen precious metals this high when the stock market is this high. Have you? No. And you know what else yeah. is crazy is, is, is gold. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's at 2011. So right now gold is at a 19, 1950 approximately around there. And, uh, the stock market's at an all time high as well. And usually it's one or the other, Times of uncertainty, gold skyrockets. Mm-hmm. And then when the stock market's up, no one wants to own gold because it doesn't pay you monthly. Mm-hmm. So so the theory I'm hearing, Mike, is that people are realizing that the dollar is being printed. More and more trillions are, are being printed. Mm-hmm. So they're just trying to buy anything and everything they can. Do you think that that may that may be correct. Yeah, what, I think what's so. Your take on I it? do. I think I think printing the money is doing a lot of it, and I, and it's it's crazy though, man. It's like these the stimulus packages, and and it's like, how do we afford all of this? But I guess yeah. we just keep printing and printing and printing. It's just it's out of control. It's way out of control. Uh, talk about the stock market. What are you tapping into nowadays? I started buying stocks on March 18, but like a dummy, it went up like 20% and I sold because I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I made more than Warren Buffett this year. He <laughs> lost money. I made 20%. And then it all recovered. So I looked at Am- I own Amazon right now, Spotify. I bought a couple shares of that the day they announced the Joe Rogan partnership. I bought a few shares of Spotify and that's more, that's doubled already, essentially. If I had to give one tip, Mike, it would be Spotify. Keep an eye on it. Hmm. What they're doing is they're monetizing the podcast game and they're going to monetize the video to go along with the podcast and they're going to become a real contender to YouTube like no one else hmm. is able to. So they're going to and if they want to flip it, they could then come after TikTok because they own the rights to all that music, too. So long term, I'm just going to start buying Spotify. And I and, and and it has the benefit of it's not an American company. So if America's economy goes down, it's it's out of it's out of this country. So it won't be uh, beholden to our swings in the marketplace. So so, so you're saying it, podcasts like Joe Rogan's podcast? Yeah, he's going to yeah. have a video pod because people love watching his video he, podcast, right? So now that they paid yeah. him a hundred million dollars. He is now exclusive podcast on Spotify, right? He cannot he can no longer put it on YouTube anymore. 
So, okay, I'm, I'm an avid Joe Rogan listener. He got $100 million bucks and and for that deal. On his podcast, he's mentioned that they're paying him a licensing fee. They didn't actually buy his podcast, which that's what made me buy Spotify was the fact that Joe Rogan still can be Joe Rogan. He's not Spotify Joe Rogan. He's not being beholden to their rules. He does his own thing like Stern. You know what I mean? They didn't censor Stern. They just let Stern be Stern. And uh, he, he didn't he didn't lose his popularity. He just kept doing his thing. They didn't mess with the golden cow. So you're correct. That that's you can now invest in a piece of Joe Rogan. And he's the Oprah for men. And so Literally. you think that they're then gonna do the video podcast on Spotify now exclusively. I they haven't that's, announced it, yeah. but correct. He's he's Joe Rogan has said on his podcast that they're working on a video component to it that makes a lot so of sense. what I, it doesn't it and there is no direct competitor to youtube mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. none there's vimeo vimeo's a piece of shit now what so, a, what a, when is that going to go into place what the, he, the joe rogan deal? joe rogan exclusive this on spotify yeah so okay two things the world's largest search engine is google the second world's largest search engine is youtube meaning people search everything they're going to search on Google and then they go to YouTube and search for whatever they're going to search there. So, so right now, Joe Rogan's still on YouTube. He uploads videos to every single one of his podcasts. What I think is going to happen, you're going to, in a quarter, two quarters, maybe a year from now, you see Spotify unveil their version of a YouTube uh, platform. And then they already have the licensing agreements in place. Kim Kardashian has been signed on. Uh, as as an exclusive to to uh, Spotify now, so they're just what they're going to do is they're going to start adding to this bankroll of licensed content. They're going to build the platform. They've clearly established they can, and then they have all their ducks in a row to just flip a switch and just rake in all that money. Interesting, man. I right? never thought that we'd be talking about the housing market, stocks, Spotify, when the subject was about TikTok. But that's the conversations we have together, man. And I really that's, enjoy them. Me too, man. Yeah. Me too. This and was a lot of fun. It was, Mike. And, and it, I love what you're doing. And I, I remember when you first started, and and this was a sports, this was a sports show. You remember, you remember those days? Sure. I, I've been a fan. I've been one of your first fans, Mike. That's awesome. And it, 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 I love to see where where you've taken it. I really do. And uh, it's amazing. Let's see where it goes from here. By the way, have you have you been interacting with people? Like, are you, yeah. Mike? Are you up for talking like five ten minutes about the pandemic? Sure. What? So, tell me. Like, I feel like we went through stages of this. Stages of it's like a hurricane. Everyone stay home. No one go outside. To then the eye of the storm of everyone's like. Not only are they going outside, they're protesting. You know, yeah. everyone people protesting. They want everything open. People are protesting. Police police brutality. Like everyone's protesting. And, and I'm looking at my wife like, what happened to the, the pandemic? Yeah. And then, uh, you know what I started doing, Mike, is every once a week, I get together with two uh, coworkers and we go for a walk around uh, a reservoir. And that's like my only human, like human to human, friend to friend interaction every it's week. Beautiful. And I feel like that that kept my sanity. You know, I it, really do. It's hard to not bring up politics when you bring yeah. up the coronavirus, you know, and, and I've, and I've probably, I promised myself not to do that on this show, but 
unfortunately, that's kind of what it is, and that's what it. There's so much to this, Roth, that uh, if if you want me to like unfold it, it'd have to be a whole new show. But here's here's my real gist and quick analysis of this whole thing. Less than one percent of people have died from this virus. So, is there a virus? Of course there is. Is there a flu every year? Of course there is. Do we have to shut the whole world down because of it? No. Just yeah. be wise. Yeah. Be careful. Uh, you know, don't touch your face, you know, wash your hands. I Look, I've had the flu in the past and you just ride the thing out. And sure, it attacks others that have preconditioned issues in the past. It, it's going to get them. And it's it's almost like a like an old old person's flu, right? It's going to attack them and take them out. But the flu does that too, you know? And so I look, it's going to go back to political stuff. And I don't want to get political. I don't want to talk politics. I like separating that because it takes us away from the real life and the real world yeah. and shows like this. But it's crazy, man. It's a crazy, crazy thing. I just don't know how long it's going to last. In my opinion, I think it's going to last right after the election, uh, no matter who wins. I hope you're right. Yeah, I think I if, hope you're right, if, Mike. If, if Biden wins, I think it goes away like right after, and I don't think he's going to win. But it, when when well, let me let me say when Trump wins, <laughs> I think it's it's not going to go away <laughs> right away, but it's going to take a little bit of time. But my thing is this: is that if these states still here we go, man, we're talking politics. You you asshole. If these states. Wait, okay. Okay, wait, wait, if, Mike, Mike, Mike. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. strip. How about how about this? Strip, strip the politics. Yeah. Strip, strip everything we can't control. How about that? How about I rephrase it and I say, how has it impacted your immediate life? Like, I'll, for I'll example, tell you what. I my, will tell my, you what. My, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I I haven't I haven't hugged my grandma in months. Mm. I'm very cautious around around my family. So I guess I should have phrased it better. Because mm. I, I I talk politics in this podcast too, and I I tried not to, and I try to keep it neutral. Um, I well, hope me, I was able. Well, to let me, keep you it were, neutral. you were, you were very good. But let me let me just finish my sentence because I think there might okay, be some okay. that want to hear what I want this, what I had to say. Yeah, there's going to be states that uh, are they're going to want to close down as as long as they possibly can, right? And we saw that in Minnesota with the riots and all that stuff. And then Minnesota governor mm-hmm. came out and says, "Hey, we need funding," and Trump said, "We're not going to give you funding." So this is my personal opinion: uh, when and if Trump wins. Uh, the election in in a few months these states cannot then hold people back from living and spending because he's not going to bail them out so they have no choice but to open their states and get going again because he's not going to bail them out and then to to answer your second question i'll tell you what this virus or quarantine whatever you want to call this thing has really benefited me in a lot of different ways. It really has. There's been a lot of good positives. In my personal life that I've done, I mean, I'm, I'm working out all the time. I'm meditating more than I than I have. I'm reading books, Roth, for the first time in a long, long time. I've actually finished, read from start to wow. finish a book. I've, I've what, never what done that in my life besides a book that was like 20 pages long. It was Gary Vitti, the trainer of the LA Lakers for 32 years. It was... His book that it was all about his years being the Laker trainer and he was actually going to come on the show and talk about it. But then he sent me a message and said, I can't because I got picked up by a documentary and all my interviews I do now would be old interviews when they're on the documentary. So I can't do it. So so there's like there's so many things. I mean, even my guests on my shows, man, I've had some really good guests on my shows and 
to be honest with you, I'm not sure if they come on if there wasn't anything else to do. Like they, these guys probably don't have anything to do. So like, yeah, sure, why not? He sounds, you know, somewhat legit. Let me jump on his show. And then I did the IG live stuff on Instagram. I would have never done that, you know, because I I usually get guys in the in the studio and the IG lives are fun. You know, it's different. It brings people in the chat room. We talk. You know, you find out they find out about me. I find out about them. So there's a lot of good things that have happened. So I'm 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 thankful for all that stuff. It's nice to see. I, I, I do think at a national level, it's put up like it's slowed down our lives. Obviously, it's slowed down our lives and it basically forced us to rethink what's important to us. It, you know, what what do you what what's your focus when you can't go anywhere? You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you turn digital? Yeah. Do you turn outwards or do you turn inwards? Do you try to better your life? Do you try to pick up a hobby? Do you buy Legos and try, and try to try to build Legos? What what uh what do you do? And I, I think you hit the nail on the head. And I think you uh you definitely found the positives in it. And it's been it's been challenging. I, I I'm not gonna lie. It's I I started working from home, Mike. I uh I don't get to go out as much. I'm a I love talking to people. And I I I. I we basically tried to quarantine my wife's parents and my parents as best we can. And her and I are the ones that are since March, early March, we've been grocery shopping and trying to get everything for the family. And, uh, and, and, and we're doing our best, yeah. but it's weird. And I, and I think you're right. This is going to be around for a while. And, you know, hopefully the theory of it ending after the election is true because it's, it's nice to see an end game. I'll, I'll at least say that. It's nice to get a timeline. If someone said one year from today we'll have a vaccine, even that's something. You're like, okay, like a, like a prison sentence. There's only 11 more months left. <laughs> Hang in there. Yeah. yeah. It's been a wild, wild few months, and the, the year has flown by because of it. And uh, it feels like, it you know, you know, a lot of people say it feels like a wasted year. You know, I think partially some of it is because you, you're not sure. really li- living in true, true freedom, in my opinion. But again, we've I, I feel like I've done a lot. Uh, you know, all I'm saying is nobody's going to stop me from living. You know, if I'm going to do something, yeah. I'm going to do it. if I have to wear a mask to walk in to get service. I'll follow the rules. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not one of those exactly. guys. I'll walk in, get out, do what I got to do and get out. So, you know, it's just, it's crazy. It's, it's a whole nutty experience and it's, I can't wait to sell t-shirts that said I survived uh, COVID, COVID-19. <laughs> That's going to go on the website soon. By the way, I got a website. Did you know I have a website? I did not. What's your website? Yeah, Mike, Mike, for, Mike for everyone. And then I've got an email address, connect at mikeduppod.com. So I'm putting all of go. my, uh, let me know if this is a good idea. Uh, I'm putting all of my, episodes on the website and then in my shop i've got a couple shirts and some hoodies on there too i'm gonna put up some more shirts and hats on there that uh, you can buy uh, right on the website nice i think yeah. that's a great idea mike yeah i'll uh, i'll definitely you have a you have a large extra large i I'm, do I'm, of course I'm, no, all right I'm, I'm gonna grab that'll come part of I'll the go- uh, employment as a coo hey. yeah thank you thank you mike <laughs> i'll I think I think that's a great idea, and I, I'm I'm excited to see where you go from here, man. I I really do, and uh, hopefully, it's right next to Joe Rogan, literally. Let's like, do it. They, he's he's opened the door, Mike. He's he's shown us what's possible with podcasts. Hundred million dollars. You have an exclusive deal with Spotify, and by the way, he's not paying one point two million dollars for a Burbank house that's gonna need like half a million into it just to live in. He's going to Texas. Yep. You know, that's can't blame him. He's shown us what's yeah. He and and you know what? I don't think he pays any taxes on that if he moves to Texas and then signs the deal. Right. I think that there's some laws on that. 
right? I, I'm with you. And there's a reason why he's going to Texas now. You know, he got that yeah. big fat deal. And now he's taken off. I'm, I'm sure he's got some sort of benefit in terms of, of some taxes for sure. He knows what he's doing. He's got good people around him, I'm sure. Just like I do with you, Roth. I'm looking forward to this journey that we're going to be on here. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. Me too. Mike, this was this has been an honor and a pleasure, man. Uh, and, and who knows where we're going to be in six months. It, it, it's going to be a interesting rest of the year. And I, I wish everyone uh, the best of luck. Stay healthy. Stay safe. You know, keep your families close. And, and best of luck to you on, uh, on social and then digital. And, you know, if I guess... Mike, can I give a plug? If anyone has any questions, they can reach out to me. Yeah, sure. Um, my email is ask Rafi G. My name is Rafi Garbushan. Uh, or you can follow my new uh, Instagram account. It's called Fun the Number Zero Clock. Uh, I'm on TikTok Fun O'Clock, and uh, I just created a YouTube channel called Fun O'Clock. I think I'm just going to make it about Legos, but feel free. I have uh, over 10 years' experience with social media and digital marketing. And I always help people for free and give free advice. So feel free, drop a line, uh, especially if you're a small business and you just need some some help. Definitely be happy to, to, to give you some ideas. Awesome, man. I'll put that in the show notes yeah. too. Thank you. Yeah, thank man. you, Mike. Yeah. And then uh, thank you for, for having me on, man. It's always a pleasure. And even even if it wasn't a podcast, it's just fun talking to you and, and just you know sharing ideas. Yeah, man. This was fun. We got to do this more often, actually. We should do yeah. this more often. You, this was fun. Mike? I love cars. I, I've got some crazy car stories for you. I, I love uh, stocks, business, whatever yeah. whatever you want to talk about. I'm, I'm always here for you, man. Awesome, man. Literally. Appreciate that. Cool. Not sure if you caught that at the end, but I was talking to him about being my COO. And in the middle of this conversation, I was talking to him. You know, He asked me a question, and I, I got rid of it because it was kind of a personal uh, conversation. I, I, I was going to leave, but then I ended up Mm, I, I didn't leave it because, uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to fill you in on what we were talking about. He asked me at some point in the show, what is there that I can help you with? And I, and I told him straight out, I said, I'm a busy guy and I don't really enjoy social media. I don't want to be in the face of social media all the time. And how do I help the cause on that social media front? And how do I help the cause on my listener front on my podcast? And we were talking about some things as to how to do it. And I, straight out told him, I said, man, let's meet. I'm I'm ready to take the next step and I want you to help me do that. And we actually met the next day and we sat down for a couple hours and just threw stuff at each other and ideas. And I'm happy to report that he's gonna he's gonna help me out and he's gonna help me build this thing. So um I really can't thank him enough for his time to come out and do it. And um look, he's really, really good, you know, with Motor Trend. I think he he took him from ten thousand followers to twenty one million, and then with his TikTok, sixteen thousand followers to two hundred seventy two thousand followers. So he's the real deal. So I want him on my side. I want him on my team, and he's also available for you as well. So you can get a hold of him, and you can follow him on social media. Fun O Clock, Fun Zero Clock on TikTok. And then you can hit him up also on Instagram, Fun O'Clock Official. And that is his um, what's his official Instagram account. Also in there, I mentioned my website. Yes, I do. I just built, or we just built a website. It's out. It's not completely official yet. I am selling merchandise from the website. So there is a shop link where I've got hoodies and t-shirts. And I'm going to have uh, a lot more merchandise that will be dropped 
in, in the very near future here. And also, please connect with me and how to do that is through my social media, Miked Up Pod, uh, on every social media platform. You can also email me if you'd like. It's connect at mikeduppod.com. So my product of the week this week is just that. Go on my website, buy a t-shirt, buy a hoodie. Uh, they're inexpensive. They're extremely comfortable, and you'd be supporting the show. It'd mean a lot to me. So uh, that's at mikeduppod.com. Hit the shop icon up top. And, uh, and go to town, man. Again, I'd appreciate you guys telling your friends about the show. It means a lot. A lot of work goes into this thing. So uh, it's, it's enjoyable. I love it. But, you know, the guy who said, do something that you love because you won't work a day in your life, it's, it's bullshit. And I'll tell you, because it's not that I don't enjoy this. I love it. But I'm working my ass off doing it. So it's not just because you enjoy something, you're not going to work. That's not true. If you enjoy it, you're going to work even more because you're, you enjoy doing it. So you're going to work your ass off. And I have, and I will, and I will continue to do it until we blow this thing up. And when I say blow this thing up, it's not just numbers. You know, It's about changing lives and people as well. And saying that, I want to add something to the show. It's actually the quote of the week. And I saw one this week. Um, it was a really good one. It was, uh, throw away the idea that anything is forever. People who don't change suffer. People who don't grow have stress. Everything is temporary. And we are meant to evolve. That's the best time for that right now with you know, that, that type of quote, because it's so easy for us to kind of just stay in this hole and do nothing about it. You know, Roth asked me that question, what has this quarantine life been for me? And you have to evolve. You have to adapt. If you don't adapt, you're going to die. So you have to evolve. If you don't, it's, you're going to get triggered in some way. So I hope you enjoy those quotes, man. I'm going to, I'm going to throw that, I'm going to throw that on the show now. And then uh, I like quotes. I enjoy them. What else I enjoy is you making me a part of your day. I am Mike Gabriel. This was Miked Up Pod. Until next time, folks. No wasted days. Let's go.